0: Episode commencing in three, two, one. Episode initiated.
1: Welcome everyone joining us live here at the illustrious CritterCon 6. Welcome to all of our, our Crittermanders listening to this live and in podcast form. This is going to be coming out on the main feed. Welcome Starfinders as well that are out there playing Starfinders Society scenarios as... Welcome, everyone, to our inaugural episode zero of season five of, I would I would say, is the most preeminent, what I, I call PPP, preeminent and, and pronking preferred Starfinder role-playing game, actual play podcast in the entire universe. This is a little show we like to call Cosmic Crit.
2: We're also the most humble. <laughs>
3: <laughs> uh, only Rebecca. The rest I, of us I, I never are are, are anti-humble.
4: And we certainly don't have any cool merch that you can find on the internet anywhere.
3: I I got in trouble because the other day... My family was in the living room and I was doing some work in the the garage and I walked into the living room and as I walked through like the entryway to the living room I was like the main character enters the room and then my wife wouldn't speak to me for like an hour and a half. <laughs> 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 I, was, I wonder you know. why. Yeah, and I was just like, "Come on, I was just being cringe." And, and so uh. and then she, do, she always gets me back, because then, like, the next two family functions, she told that story. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> family uh, you members should just members announce whenever you,
1: whenever you come so, back from the bathroom. Yeah.
3: yeah
1: so. <laughs> Guys, uh, we, we got to get this episode oh, rolling, because we have a lot to get to. My name is Patrick. I am not your main character. I'm the Game Master here on the, the podcast. Uh, Game Master, for everything you're about to experience in this adventure this season, and... I've been the GM for Cosmic Crit since day one, since the game released, since Starfinder released in August of 2017, and since then, this podcast has become, indeed, the most popular, continuous, ongoing Starfinder podcast in the universe. Uh, We are a partner of the amazing Paizo Publishing, who puts out the game, and... I think we're the the home to the most amazing fan base in the world, the Cosmic Crittermanders. and right? Everyone getting ready to toot, toot in the chat as in our <laughs> our, our uh, Twitch chat as as soon as a two is rolled. But yeah, before we get to this season uh, of of Cosmic Crit, I do want to say that this podcast oh would be nothing, would go nowhere, and would not a, amount to a hill of beans without the five of you, my friends here making oh. some amazing characters season after season, like the ones we're going to introduce <laughs> here tonight. And indeed, I, I do call you my friends and players here every episode.
5: And, and we never correct you on it.
0: <laughs> well, you're, we like to let to have his little fun.
1: <laughs> some, somehow I've hoodwinked, brainwashed, perhaps, uh, the five of you to consistently meet with me almost every single Monday. It's when we normally game every single Monday for the last six years (laughs) and, and like pushed off other things in your life in order to make that a possibility. But (laughs) as drew was saying just a little while ago, I've been friends with some of you for like an average of 20 or so years, (laughs) (laughs) which is, you know, now at this point in our lives, the majority of our lives, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I don't think you're you're leaving if even if you try. Tyler, not so much, but <laughs> but close enough.
3: I know yeah. that's why I'm, that's why if you're like, why is Tyler so annoying? I've lost time to make up for. I have to get these things <laughs> in so that I can try to be at that same level.
1: Yeah, that's that's why you you and and Seth. I'm, I'm torturing on a second podcast <laughs> and dead man roll no grits every week. Yeah. But no, the reason why we still game together, why the podcast can still continue is because you guys, despite me knowing you for so long, you still show up every week and there's something new, there's something fresh and there's something surprising in what you do and what you choose to do. And I think it, our, our, fans out there listening to this will have some some evidence you could put in the chat of five or six times per season where I, I i die laughing but yeah let me introduce you the the five of you officially to this season everyone please welcome back to the podcast for season five of cosmic crit jabert miles tyler drew and rebecca hey
4: everybody Hello <laughs> hey
1: guys,
5: we're here. They couldn't get rid of me yet.
4: How are you guys doing? Oh, so. we just got a cavity kids call out in the chat
0: and oh. I cannot let that go.
4: <laughs> I we
0: still didn't make a cavity kids design. I it's like my favorite I podcast moment. Almost died. I couldn't breathe. <laughs> that, that, yes. <laughs> the five of us were dying, which <laughs> is the name of my comic demo, but... That moment I think is sticks out for me, even though it was season one, as like the the one moment where I think there's like all of us just completely broke for the longest time. That was a long night. <laughs> I just remember
2: being very confused for most of the time because everyone else was like dying, and I was like, "What is going on?" Did that's I that's miss so out on much somebody? of the
3: sh- <laughs> so much of the show is us being just. Just chimpanzees while Rebecca sits there and goes, "Can we play this game that we all promised we would play together? yeah, Re- Rebecca is
0: is the wrangler here because she's she's one of most often like, can we get back on track, please?
3: yeah yes <laughs> yes and 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 thank goodness, otherwise, yeah, other, otherwise every the show wouldn't like even exist we would it would it would be a totally we would be like a just a, a reality podcast <laughs> where we just talked about things that have cropped up in our lives in the last one well, no,
1: years. no if rebecca wasn't here i would take over that task and not have a fun time <laughs> yeah. every time we've played <laughs> well, without true. rebecca that's basically <laughs> nice what it amounts <laughs> to <be> like, sorry <laughs> shut up let me get to it <laughs> so guys shut up let me get to it the the five of you all along with seth are included friend in our pathfinder second edition skull and Shackles podcast, Deadman Runnel Crits. The six of you collectively, I would say, along with me, I'm, I'm like a condiment, but you guys are the meat of the Cosmic Crit Sandwich. And of course, that would make the bread and butter of the community, as always, be our eighth hero on the tabletop field of the show. Our fan base, the Crittermanders. I mentioned them already. So far at CritterCon, six, we're 12 hours or so in. And we are on pace. We've got up over $1,100 raised for our charity friends at Doctors Without Borders, MedSense San Frontiers. I thank you, everyone that's already donated. <clears throat> Critters around the world have. Critter around the world have joined our Discord. They've taken part over the years in, in world building challenges and. Fundraisers like this gaming conventions they've proudly provided the patreon funds over the last few years to to help get us to a second podcast and yeah we're we're up over about twenty five thousand dollars raised for doctors without Borders throughout the years, which is i I get no small amount of joy telling people that have like no idea my my normal life <laughs> that, uh, that i that I do podcasting like multiple times a week that's like oh yeah this this weekend i'm i'm helping run this con- online convention for charity and raise money for doctors without borders people always do look at me a little weird it's like oh why <laughs> maybe they don't know about that. i guess i'm talking about people in in my work life and even some family members it's just like oh wow okay is that the same for you guys do you <laughs> do you does is there people that you uh that you know and, and work or, or live with <laughs> that note don't know anything about your podcasting <laughs> your oh yeah
3: yeah absolutely. i mean uh, I, I don't tell 100%. anybody about
2: my podcasting it's a secret
0: yeah <laughs> this a this is, th- yeah this is my d- <laughs> yes <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> i feel like a lot of people know that i i do podcasts but i also don't socialize that much outside of you guys these days so it doesn't matter <laughs> i
4: had jury duty this week and they asked around the potential jurors. <laughs> Any uh, of who you podcast. Has a, who, ha, no, <laughs> who has a reason that they can't participate in the jury? And I almost raised my hand to say like, I've got a charity podcasting event this weekend. Man. They would've would've and been I didn't laughed. do you it because I didn't want to have to explain to an 80 year old judge what that meant. What a podcast! <laughs> Can you imagine if they were,
1: <laughs> if, if yeah, if you, if you were busy at like 9 p.m. on a
4: Friday night with some jury duty? Well, I left at 7:30 the other day. Um, oh, that's not anyway. Nine.
1: Yeah, so I just wanted to take a, a moment of this Criticon, like I do every Criticon, and just reflect on the amazing community that that we we've built. One thing I do talk about a great deal is so-and-so from the Discord said blah 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 or oh someone on the Discord just posted a link that I really want to, you know, an article I would really want to read. And yeah, I, I want to to talk about how this podcast, this stream, all this has formed because of the six Players that I have, but also the six thousand or whatever people that that listen to us on any given week or month and show up in the Discord and are very friendly to one another. And indeed, I've met a lot of lifelong friends, Tyler included, (laughs) in in online games and things like that. And and a lot of those friendships have have strengthened because of of discord or starfinder games ttrpgs over the years and yeah at, at just some point when we were playing home games together we got it in our i our heads the idea that recording our sessions putting some music behind them was good enough to share with people and i don't know i don't know if you guys remember when that happened but the gall on us really <laughs> I still can't believe it's six years later. I,
0: I specifically remember when you brought that up and thought to myself like I can I can barely keep the, the schedule that we're doing now because so like, you know, at least once a month I wasn't there. and thinking there's just no way we can keep this on track. and somehow we have.
4: We uh, were also podcasting weekly already.
0: And, yeah, and, and but I mean, we, we were just doing so just the more we... you nerd and even I mean, there's education stuff with with doing that. But, you know, when you have more people and more people's schedules involved, that that yeah, can be oh, tough. yeah.
1: getting six people to sit down weekly for anything, anything is is pretty, pretty major. So accomplishment, I, I think six years later, we, we've definitely unlocked some kind of lifelong achievement for for TTRPG playing in general. Right! So, yeah, the reason we are doing this stream, this live stream, and kicking off Season 5 in this way is I wanted to make the start of this season an event, a a thing that people can come to, and also to really ring as much out of our charity streaming as possible, but also for this to be a little thank you to the mega fans who've listen to the past 260 something episodes and allow a a fresh start for new fans that might want to jump on board this adventure. Uh new not, new start. To re- not
3: to not to rewind a little bit here but I did go back and find my original recording from when we recorded our session which was February 27th, 2017.
1: Right. Yes. I I think I have uh, you should upload that to our our Dropbox because I think I had it on my old computer and I don't know if I have it on on this one.
4: Was that was that? The, yeah, that would have been February, so it would have been the yeah. uh, Final Fantasy game, right? Yeah.
0: Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so
3: I, I have part one and part two of our Final Fantasy game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still have recorded, which has
5: <laughs> which which we will release if we get to one million dollars per month. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I
1: was about to say that that sounds like pretty good Patreon bonus content. If we, if we I remember correctly,
2: it. it is not safe for work. So be. I welcome. also remember us oh, being oh,
4: no. super loosey goosey. Oh, I
3: mean, yeah. We,
4: we were we, we were. weren't putting it out for public consumption, so we we're engaging in private consumption.
3: Yeah. Yes. And what? What's funny is because it's a, it's a video file. So while you guys aren't on video, my dumb face is. <laughs> like, <laughs> if we were it to release this, all. if we were the, yeah, if we were to release this like completely unedited, it would be you know like the the rule twenty page and then just my <laughs> headsetted face, you know, like reacting to everything. So you got my five dollars. It would be fun to do.
1: Let's get into this. this. This is going to be episode zero for season five. This is our live action playthrough of Paizo's Adventure Path, Horizons of the Vast. If you guys haven't heard of that before, obviously my players have, but out there, if you haven't heard of it, it has been referred to as Kingmaker in space. Kingmaker being the Pathfinder AP Adventure Path where you do exactly what the the name suggests you make a kingdom and you make a king <laughs> you quarrel with other kingdoms and over the course of years in game time and this is going to be a similar kind of event season for our podcast and be kind of a capstone season for cosmic crit uh we're doing the same kingmaker style thing but in space in, in outer space after tonight's episode, we are going to have a bit of a talk with the players and anybody that wants to, to stick around with the GM here and have a kind of state of the podcast, a Q&A, a little, little bit of everything. Um, we might take a bathroom break before then, but if you guys have questions in the chat... You know, for the season, j- just save them towards the end. Uh, feel free to make commentary, but uh, <laughs> how much we'll be reading the chat, I don't know. We'll try to respond in, in text form, but I, I, I want gotcha. to answer questions, but I don't want any spoilers until the end. So yeah, stick around after I say the three magic little words and we'll get into it a little bit deeper and we'll talk about what, what the season's going to be about. But yeah, I think I, I've talked too much. We've we've reminisced too much about six years of Cosmic Crits coming up this this August. Yeah, but, enough uh, of the missing. Yeah, no no missing. We we uh, we take our our episode zero of each season as as a time to kind of tell a, a little story and introduce the characters, and that's what we're gonna do with the season five folk that you guys are gonna be playing, and they've already started playing. Are you guys? the five of you ready to get into it right now oh so ready certainly hope so everyone's actually recording uh because we are gonna put this on podcast form uh, everything's recorded okay right, good, good. <laughs> yeah, always have to check <laughs> on that we don't want <laughs> we, we still haven't had a lost episode which is unbelievable but all right hey, with well, that uh huh.
3: we can yeah. always try for today
1: <laughs> what if we just burn our computers yeah that, that's gonna do it without further ado let's start this week's adventure this is episode zero of season five but this is actually episode 262 of cosmic crit this episode's called every new beginning called closing time <laughs> that's the last episode <laughs> don't don't steal my thunder for every new beginning This season starts with a a wide angle view of what else? Absalom Station. It looks like a swarm of bees kind of buzzing around it in outer space as there are thousands of ships and drones working on repairs. And we see large blocky title card letters coming up in, in front of this very familiar view here that reads, three months after the Battle of Absalom. Let me take us into Roll20, our good friend that we've used for, geez louise, all of these six years, basically, and get into the game. I'm pulling double duty here, so I will bring up... Oh, if you haven't seen this classic picture of Absalom Station, here you go! (laughs) This is not what it looks like now, because this is the before picture and indeed, it has been mostly destroyed in in the Battle of Absalom months ago. Since the defeat of the Devastation Arc, the last vestiges of the, the, the Civ Empire have kind of, the candles have been snuffed out. Since then, the, the Pact Worlds have been silently rebounding. There was a great deal of damage done to the Adari, the Evocator. The fleet was nearly destroyed. Uh, the Pack Stewards and the the space station at the center of it all are now being repaired, replenished, and people and, and crews in this time have really turned towards a greater overall unity in this time of reconstruction. Kind of all hands on deck and everyone eyes on the prize. Towards the future, the Viscarium has stepped into the Pact and provided security and, and support over the last few months, which is which is crazy. Uh, an old foe of of the Pact, the reason why the Pact was formed, you know, centuries later, acting as one of the system's greatest allies and helping to safeguard the galaxy from outside threats. We see. Indeed, several large uh, Norikami-class VESC ships use as transport vessels, bringing in workers and security forces from all over the galaxy to help with this process. Along with repairs to the station and security upgrades that have been pushed through by the Council Directorate, there were massive loans given out by Abadar Corps and... A flurry of changes and upgrades to the rickety Absalom. Corporations and banks indeed are making a killing as this, in this time as uh, some of these beaten down, downtrodden areas of, of the Spike, uh, once home to roving gangs and, and very seedy nightclubs, are now being purchased, you know, for, for maybe six-digit credit scores, uh, credit amounts, and kind of flipped... <laughs> There's there's wide scale gentrification going on in a very short timetable. Normally, we're we're talking years and years to kind of turn around a a bad neighborhood. But indeed, the opposite
3: is happening now Um, when you fight a war, it's so much faster. Yeah. And you can
1: just say, oh, well, this is part of the the war effort (laughs) to rebuild. We're taking over (laughs) in addition to that, there are over one million ark refugees that have have come from from the war with the devastation ark uh, many of them off of the ship itself and a lot have been left without housing after the the attack so there's been stacked cube temporary homes set up in Jatembe Park the the center of Absalom Station indeed this this small city within a city kind of sprouted up with promises from the Pack council to very quickly find suitable homes and and places for relocation within the, the year's close and we're gonna dive into this this city of cubed homes. I imagine it's kind of like IKEA sized you know Lego looking stacks of you know trailer sized buildings that are jigsawed together. You know, it's actually probably pretty close to Ready Player One. How they just stack uh, trailers on I, on top of one another.
4: I think a little bit of Ready Player One, a little bit of like the middle point of Mass Effect Three.
1: I mean, it, it they look like pretty nice prefab buildings, but I think they're pretty thin walled, so you you can yeah.
3: hear these the, these prefabs come with bidets. They're nice. <laughs> They're nice.
4: That's only because we can't afford toilet paper anymore.
3: Okay, yeah, well, we don't mention that part, Drew. We're trying to sell a prefab here. have <laughs> to move units. <laughs> the guy who plays Knack can't even help me sell a prefab. You'd have to <laughs>
1: cut down every single tree in Jatembe Park for all that TP. Of course. Well, this is now Canon in Cosmic Crits Starfinder World. No toilet paper. It's all bidets. <laughs> it's... <laughs> It's, it's, it's bidets all the way down.
3: It, it's all bidets, and uh, the the really cheap ones, the bidet part, is actually just a laser pistol that's set to a really low voltage so that it just kind of singes the vehicle material and uh, oh, Tyler, we
1: really getting into the specifics here. I don't think we need to accidents go that far. do
3: happen <laughs> you, from time to thought, time. <laughs> but Tyler's the good put news way is too much
1: thought into
5: this. I, it's, but the good great. news is,
3: the good news is, if you do have an accident, you're in the bathroom where it is easiest to clean up said accident and not ruin the rest of your prefab for well, future sales.
1: It, it's <laughs> probably pretty good. Tyler has thought so much about this because we are starting with you, Tyler. And oh crap! Oh, no. uh,
3: oh,
1: no.
0: we're, we're starting uh, on him.
3: the crapper. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm getting I'm getting Elvis where? right out the gate. You 20, you Roll a d20 but, to see if you get the laser the laser gun and one. But b- before
4: before we we talk about Tyler, put in the chat what you think Tyler is going to be playing this season. Okay.
1: <laughs> oh, we've we've had people in the Discord already voicing. I think someone has, I think someone got at least the class. <laughs> it might have been.
3: It yes, might have been somebody did get the class. Yes.
1: But yeah, feel free to put out your your uh, your guesses as, as to what folks are playing as we go. Uh, we we're starting here with the residents in this what's called Box Town in Jatembe Park, and we are going to meet Tyler, our first hero for season five. One of many humanoids waiting on relocation, perhaps off world, off off station. Tyler, talk to us about who are you playing this season? Who do we see perhaps coming out to? Yeah, coming out of the bathroom in one of these
3: <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I love, I love all the people typing. It. I, I, I feel like I'm about to disappoint a whole slew of fans because <laughs> <laughs> everyone's putting in Han, like uh, as the, as the, you know, as the alien type, you know, Han a all these like you know crazy, you know crazy alien folk and stuff like that. And uh, the first thing that you notice is as as my character steps out is they are an elf i'm playing an elf this season uh, they are uh it is a very pale-skinned elven figure with long straight black hair they have on just kind of light clothes long jacket perhaps holding a large tomb in their, a tome in their hand uh not a tomb you can't carry those very easily uh but a tome much easier and they kind of look around, perhaps trying to recall this place that they're in, or try to orient, or, you know, kind of get themselves orientated. And that's that's what you see. Should I tell them the class now, or is that are we holding on to that?
1: Uh, we can hold on to it. I mean, um, maybe. I mean, that, that might help folks guess a little bit more as as we continue on here. Uh, but yeah. but an elven spoke (laughs) and and we talked about it Uh, your character is one of many perhaps collected or abducted or displaced somehow by the devastation arc over the millennia and indeed your your character oh i'm sorry did you say your character's name
3: oh my character's name is (laughs) I was so distracted by Seth's and Chat writing the zaniest things. <laughs> sorry, Seth. Was, Seth. Uh, Seth did the art, and so at first I saw the sentence, yeah. and I was like, "I just like, oh wow, we have a fan who's who's already got some fanfic going on." Then I saw it was <laughs> the artist, and that got it through me no, sideways. No,
2: it's the bidet, the bidet, the, it, oh, the bidet. The you're bidet. right.
3: Okay, yeah. okay.
2: Oh, Tyler. Tyler. I get it, Seth. I get it.
3: Yeah,
5: I'm okay. so sorry. <laughs>
4: <What>? I <Fair. laughs>
5: What did you think he meant by wet butt? <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, All right. Well, hey. Anyway. No, no, no. We're talking about his name. His name. His name is Prae Deer. What, Deer. What's the name? My name is Prae Deer.
4: Deer. Okay. <laughs> I, I hate that I ask a question. It takes like five
3: minutes. I uh, know. Uh, uh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> not my, I mean, not my fault. These, These are cutest leaking around to... Uh... Uh... Oh trick our our friends are out of control. I'll type it in chat for, for Pre- folks
1: No, no, I think that's how it should be typed. Pray Deer. P P R A Y D E E Ear. Yeah.
3: Yeah. <laughs> R- I mean Pray Deer is pretty much a good way to you know pronounce it.
1: Pray Deer, yeah, was woken up only a few months ago when the, the process on unfreezing captives from rail from state suspended animation finally began under the watchful eyes of the data files of the starfinder society and perhaps indeed those folks undertook the process under their their wings in the hopes of maybe gleaning some information from the gap or before the gap as some of these people maybe they have memories that were were frozen in in place with them but that proved fairly fruitless because as you guys might remember you A lot of the the captives didn't have a lot of memories of of their life before being captured as part of the the civ kind of modus operandi was deleting memories of, of captives but this is very different even for your character praetor praetor doesn't have any any memory of what life was like before you were captured is that is that correct tyler
3: yes When I wrote my character background, Patrick went in and now I just see a bunch of black lines that all say redacted. So (laughs) I have no idea what's going on in my backstory. (laughs) It's the shortest Uh. backstory I've ever written. Well, we, this, we've yeah, we've talked about
1: it. We it seems like it's kind of a trope in a lot of TTRPGs with folks. It's like, oh, I've got amnesia, <laughs> and that's why. Very you, much
0: so. I don't Absolutely. have a
1: long backstory. You have actually written a, a good amount, but not a tenth of what do. you normally do for for your characters for for prep. Well,
3: nor- yeah, because so normally when I write a character background, I start at birth. You know, I start with the mother and the father, and then I go forward from there, but. I don't know any of that. And so I started from where memory was. And so there's still a good amount, but it is predacted. Thank you, Cyber Hero. It's a good one. I'm going to use that for Noah.
1: <laughs> yeah, so we are going to flash back to when you do start remembering things as perhaps you are thinking about it here on the balcony of, of your, your uh, prefab 60 days prior to maybe a Starfinder base within... We're connected to the Civ devastation arc itself, where we see hundreds of uniformed officers of the pact assisting the, the data files, <clears throat> the Starfinder Society folks, along with medical professionals as well. And, you know, grief counselors and all these kind of things that have come in to go through the process of resuscitating peoples and bringing them into the third 4th century? I don't know what what would th- it's 323 so is that the 4th century? Yeah. Yeah. We watch as a, a group off to the side kind of flashes their their lights as they pull someone from one of these pods waving down officials as well as emergency medical crew. It was rare for someone not to survive the the waking process, but we watch as crash kits and shock teams kind of rush to the side of this medical gurney. And we we watch in vain as a team fails to find the pulse of of one elven figure. Indeed, we look down at maybe the mostly nude form of prey deer. I I guess some kind of pantaloons (laughs) you might be wearing. Nothing, Nothing to give any information about who you are. So it's definitely like the same kind of clothing that all the... I,
3: surprisingly, I am wearing Duluth Trading Company's Buck Naked underwear. Oh wow! Duluth, Are they a Duluth Trading? Get yourselves a pair. Totally a sponsor. <laughs>
4: uh, the butt is wet though, so you do have to be conscious of that. You're changing yeah, that you're out, like watch you out every day. <laughs>
1: uh, again, wet butt. Yeah, we watch as, you know, maybe 10 minutes of them trying and failing to restart your heart. There's injections, there's magical intervention, but eventually a a red light flashes and the attempts are are called off. And it's just then that the the team of uh, experts kind of retreats and another team is called in. A curiosity of opposites appears above your lifeless form as we watch as the bone sages of Eox dressed in ceremonial Ferasmin liturgical dress come almost floating over to this scene. Indeed, you heard me right. Ferasmin bone sages of Eox, undead dead worshiping Ferasma. That's wild. One, one comes over to... Uh, Friggin' bonies, am I right? <laughs> <laughs> you gotta
5: got drink their bone juice uh, to gain they, their sense of humor.
1: They go over to a, a Lashunton medical tech and, and the, the, the tallest and perhaps most skeletal of them says, Leave the deceased with us. We will ensure it receives proper burial and will not be revised uh, or revived. Uh, as per the edicts of our faith Dictate uh, The Lashunton Starfinder kind of looks a little Confused and is like Well y- you, all, you all You don't want to try and raise The dead but you yourselves Are uh, The priest kind of like puts a hand Out and, and quiets him it's like we, we are the profane Of our order we exist To spread the message That all those who time has come Should not exceed They're allotted time alive. We we have been given the authority to bury this body on Eox, and we shall take them there now. Tyler, this is a weird beginning for your character, I'm sure, because, I mean, it's only been zero episodes, and I've already killed you off.
3: (laughs) I know. I sped. I did a speed run. I did a speed run.
4: (laughs) And Patrick finally got one. Patrick finally got one. It's been six years. Dead. We can we can wrap yeah. it up
3: how how far how far are we in the stream how long has this stream been going <laughs> time is 49 49 minutes and 18 seconds mark <laughs> no you're obviously
1: you were taken literally and figuratively for dead but you're not now what what happened with the bone priests of eox they obviously didn't bring you back to life tyler no no, no they didn't they're not supposed to yeah, so they they took you back to Eox, and obviously you're alive, right? Did you just like all of a sudden get better
3: <laughs> from death? <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, it's like that scene from what, was what's the Monty Python movie where it's like she turned me into a newt. <laughs> I, got I, got I, <laughs> got, I got better. I got better I got better. That's kind of how uh, uh It's Holy Grail, isn't it?
2: Yeah, it's Holy Grail.
3: That's Holy Grail. Thank you, thank you, my much much better memoried folk. We're uh, we're like uh,
1: you know you, you probably haven't heard of this uh, Monty Python movie before Holy Grail. Monty I know oh. it's
3: very <laughs> obscure.
1: That's for the Holy Grail. No it's an, ol- so an old. It's an
3: oldie. It's an oldie. They're you. all oldies.
4: And now it's in my head, so expect references to it the entire night. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so this is one thing that you have had in
1: your written up in your background that yes. y- you do come back to life, and the first thing. You recall is you're in the care of Phrasman funereal rites, correct?
3: Yeah. So Prater, when when Prater comes when he regains consciousness, you know he is dressed in Phrasman kind of you know, robes and clothing that are marked with Phrasman symbols of, of of funeral rites, also and of end of time. And he find and he is he awakens kind of in this. Kind of subterranean room and he actually he's he's in his he is in his casket and above him you know kind of what i wrote i still smell he smells of elderberries and above him what i you know what i wrote is that a sphere of energy hangs and it's wrapped in these cords and ribbons uh they float in the air and they and they stretch out all around him and he can hear these voices and these echoes of things that kind of reverberate off the walls in this room, and that is kind of where he re- finds himself, and that's where he begins his adventures by stepping out of this this kind of sarcophagus almost and trying to find his way out of this kind of Pharasman, seemingly Pharasman. home tomb temple. Mm. I can't get those two words right tonight.
1: Yeah, no. You you wake up in a tome,
4: and you're carrying a tomb, <laughs> <laughs> a tomb pull.
3: Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah,
1: not canon, but good try. Tomb pull. Well, that's a little better actually. And you, you spend some time with the the Oxyans. does, Tyler.
3: Yeah, so he eventually, be you know, he makes his way out of this 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 room, which you know, kind of how I describe it is he is kind of as he walks down these hallways he kind of loses himself to time you know elves experience get to experience time a little bit differently than many of the other mortal races and this the he's following these these ribbons that are kind of hanging in the air and he hears things and peoples from all sorts of different eras times he's not mm. quite sure many of it is in things he doesn't understand but Eventually, he makes his way out of these halls, and he finds himself on the surface of Eox, and specifically in the territory of a of a known Bone Sage. Yes,
1: uh, right. So uh, this is a flashback, by the way, <laughs> and uh, you know what you're describing is like you, your character kind of going back through the the motions there. Yes and as we snap back to the present you know we you know at the same time your eyes kind of cloud over as you're experiencing this past event you also kind of look forward and you see someplace you've never seen before at least you don't think this is a memory you see four figures appearing around you and maybe a tight circle of your appendages kind of sprawled out before you maybe each each person has like one hand on top another in the middle and there's a symbol glowing there emblazoned above you all a neon sign of sorts that seems to kind of punctuate this scene uh you feel good here you feel yourself you feel welcomed part of something as as you snap out of this vision Maybe you have your hand out in front of you. There is a small skittermander with a, a digital data pad standing in, in your doorway of your, your domicile. He's got his hands lifting up for something for you to read on on his pad. And he's like, sir, are you with us? I, I said, would you like to sign up for off-road colony housing, sir? You've been staring at me for a, a full five minutes. Please just just take, take the information.
3: Oh, oh, I'm... I'm sorry, I was I was not quite here. Yeah. Off planet housing.
1: Yes. Indeed, you, you've seen signs for this all over the last couple of weeks. Members of, of Project Horizons, the way Dana Colonization, PHWC, have been recruiting folks for weeks of space travel to set up on a, a far-off planet. They, they've been scouring... Getting folks in in Boxtown to to sign up to, to help get them relocated, and indeed many of them seem like they are, you know, very cheap operations, perhaps just looking for some some physical space labor. But as you look down at this corporation that this guy's hawking, you see a very familiar company name, one you've seen all over Absalon Station, with co-signing names of Quindar Enterprise and Feldspar Consolidated. But there's a, a third corporate entity here that seems to catch your attention. Indeed, their logo is one that you caught in your, your premonition. The skittermander says, uh, There's an orientation meeting tomorrow if you'd like to sign up. But, you know, we, we can get your paperwork squared away. In the meantime, I'm happy to help you fill it out. I've got a couple extra hands. I, I can I
4: can dictate if you want.
1: They they also kind of like make themselves into a little writing desk, the Skittermander to to help brace if you are interested in in signing up for for this. This seems to be beckoning you forward, beckoning Praydear to yeah. to jump in.
3: Yeah, Praydear will, you know, slowly kind of grab the <clears throat> maybe a, a writing utensil and say, "Yes, I think this is how I am supposed to move forward in this in this time frame." Or in this timeline.
4: <laughs> Excellent.
1: Just put your, you know, single identification number right here. Fill out your blah, 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 blah. Uh, we, we pull out here as, as uh, we're not going to role play the paperwork part. Unless someone donates uh, to Doctors Without Borders, then a lot of this episode will be if that's what you want uh, you out for kids, for, uh patrick has prepared
4: at least four hours of paperwork and he is not gonna electronically sign he's gonna physically sign all of this
1: <laughs> yeah we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna find out your character's blood type their birth dates uh, i want to know if it's second day or third day of of the month
3: pay money Indeed. to watch the accounting i've never wanted Doctors Without Borders to get less money than right now. <laughs> well,
1: uh, that, that's not something you do, but we, we will be getting into some some roll, R-O-L-L, play uh, later on this episode. And folks can donate to give our players bonuses to their rolls or yeah. re-rolls. I believe it is $10 for a just straight re-roll of any D20. Or just give someone uh, a natural 20. You can pay $30 and your favorite player and or character gets a natural 20. In, yeah. in Which this won't episode.
3: matter. There will be no combat this episode.
1: But, I mean, you could still get, like, a really good on a skill
3: check, Tyler. Although, then Legalese is coming back.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. I'm I'm monitoring <laughs> your roll Natural Twenty and you dot the
4: eye perfectly.
1: I, I am yeah. monitoring our our donations on our Cosmic Critter Commander Cosmic Criticon page on Doctors Without Borders, where you could be watching this stream right now if you really wanted. But go ahead and you can donate monies if you want, but also feel free to tell us in the, the chat. If, if you do donate, if we don't call it out immediately. Anyway, that is prayed here as we're going to skip around to our next player, perhaps watching this interaction, though they don't know it, from high up and maybe over half a mile away in a penthouse on the edge of Jotembe Park, looking down uh, 50 stories or so in perhaps the very same suite that the heroes of the Pact, the Drift Rider crew, occupied on Abadar Corps dime just a few months prior. Here in this this luxury suite, we see the next member of this season, perhaps having a fine meal, looking out on the station's park. Drew, why don't you tell us a little bit about your character?
4: Who we're oh. looking at, their name, all that good stuff. Before, before I reveal it, what am I playing this season? <laughs> Who it in could the it chat. be? <laughs> Who could it be? Figure it out. A halfling rogue. <laughs> I, th- I, I would love to see it. I think Bruiser so. a Klingon. Nuknek.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, Blah. In our our discussion with Thurston Hellman for the the keynote for Criticon 6, there's like over 110 or so playable Starfinder species right now. (laughs) And there's going to be like so much more before the, the end of this year. It's so hard to guess what you are playing. And I'm pretty happy to say I don't think anyone was able to guess this. Yeah. So some folks guessed at some other things correctly, which I can't reveal. But, <laughs> Drew, I don't even know if I had heard of this <laughs> species uh, yeah. when we started. Oh, we got, some, we got some good ones in here. Human soldier is one of the, <laughs> the guesses. <Drew. laughs>
4: I, I see uh, I see a, a Han biohacker. I've already played a biohacker. I see human soldier. I've already played a soldier. I'm not going to play either of those.
1: I forgot you already played a soldier. Yeah. Can you imagine? Gonzi's good guess. Right, so so tell us a little bit about who we're looking at now.
4: So you see a uh, uh, one eye kind of move and another eye kind of move in the opposite direction, just kind of looking around and saying, Ah, uh, yes, uh, uh, thank you, thank you, thank you. I appreciate it, um, but I I I do wish to be left alone for now. Thank you.
1: You're talking, of course, to your your assistant here, who's just trying to do their job,
4: Drew. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. But please, 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 please. please, please. Just, just, uh, I, I don't mean to be in trouble. Just would like a little, um, hmm, how do they say it? Me time. Hmm. Is that the right word?
1: <laughs> you gotta go use the bidet real quick. <laughs> 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 Get in on it. Yeah. Well, what do you, what do you look like? Uh, give us more description. You say your
4: eyes are moving different directions. So you see, you see a very tall creature with 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 sort of scaly skin and uh, as it gets up to the head the, the the head kind of splits off into two different sort of stalks i'll put put it up on the screen i am playing oh, yeah. xtangi
1: <laughs> at, at first when drew told me this i was, I was like ah, i'm going to have to Make sure that this is an actual Paizo release <laughs> species. How <I>, have <laughs> I not heard of them? It's a homebrew. <laughs> yeah, Drew's he's making his own thing.
4: His it's own extangy. thing. Ixtangi. say. Yes. So I'm playing an Ixtangi. Uh, uh, Archive is, of uh, Methus, everyone. <laughs> Google it along with me. <laughs> and, and he is, this is uh, Zilix. Zilix Fell of. Of Clan Thel, of House Thel, excuse me. <laughs>
3: Drew, did you know there's another character in this franchise as with the last name Vel? We have <laughs> Thel and Vel now, which sounds like the best offshoot like side quest thing we could possibly do.
4: We'll see. We'll see. Let us get through this one first before we start talking about any kind of... Uh,
3: indeed,
1: across the table from you but also like pretty far away on the opposite side of the room. You see another member of your species, another Xtangi, tapping idly away on a, a data pad after you're trying to shush them or move them out of the room. Uh, this is Coloma, a, an Xtangi medical professional. As they're getting ready to leave, they say, Oh, uh, excuse me, Mr. Thela. I, I have received a, a direct communique from, well, from Mr. Thel, as well, a, a cable came through the draft antenna directly from uh, Duganga. It, it seems well. It looks like it's a it's a message from from your mother, from from Mrs. Thel. W- would you like me to play it for you, or do do you want do you want to watch it yourself?
4: Of course, I will. Will, will of course. Uh, let me take this to the side. Yeah.
1: So there's like a, a bedroom in the suite. If you want to go play it there, and uh, a, a holographic video kind of plays in the, the center of the room, you can like walk around this this figure of of, of the the matron Phil. she starts by saying, "Oh well, hello my my ever-changing child. I'm so sorry for the delay in this message, but the assault on Absalom has made getting communications there somewhat difficult. We did receive your message and we were, were safe throughout the the attack. We were worried though that you might have been injured. My my child, I would like to tell you the the pleasantries about Thelm here, uh, about our family outings or interchanges or or dealings with others, tell you what has been going on. But well, since you were awoken and sent to Absalom to to isolate, I, I have been distraught. I've done nothing in this last decade, but tirelessly fundraise for a cure for the affliction. And I feel like... I still can't shake the feeling that I'm responsible for, for your gleam scale. We don't well, know what. what th- this is a direct message, Drew. This is not our.
4: Oh yeah, this isn't a conversation. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, this is like, <laughs> the,
1: you know, they, they are. A the voicemail, a video mail. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, no, uh, you know what? You can respond to it if you want. <laughs> <laughs> well, what do you got to say about that? She's like trying to play, t- play it down.
4: She's like responsible. I, f- I feel very responsible for your, for your gleam scale. Well, Mother, you're also responsible for sending me here, so I don't know what you mean to say about that. Uh, you put me in the line of fire, and I have to say I'm not quite too happy about
1: it. I, I know you're you're probably saying it's not my fault, but I, I still can't help but feel <laughs> guilty about it. We don't know what caused it to mutate the way it has, and, well, it, it has been studied in the science academies across our our world, but... I feel like i am being selfish in asking you to put your life on hold and and wait there in absalom a cure for your disease is not going to arrive tomorrow it may not come even within a year or or 10 years M- my child you must accept the fact that it is possible you will not be able to return home anytime soon I-, I i've sent along additional instructions to coloma here to assist you in perhaps finding a new path forward of course we will continue to search for a cure but we can't ask you to continue your isolation there indefinitely. I ask that you experience this universe for yourself. Go live a life worth living. You will not be with the family, but you must understand that you will have never left the family's thoughts. Until we m- meet again, Zilly, please, peace and prosperity to you. You have my heart. The The communique finishes up here, and we, we see perhaps the Yerkstangi caregiver... Having listened in very morose across the room and it's at this time they, they come up and kind of put a hand on what we see is like a, a hermetically sealed side of the chamber, maybe like a force field of, of sorts, an artificial barrier between their side of the room and yours. As you are indeed, you've heard of a a boy in a bubble, Drew, but you're a lizard in a glass case. Glass
4: case is the least of my worries.
1: And indeed, we can see that indeed Coloma is wearing additional precautions, like a a second skin suit of sorts and is ready to like hermetically seal herself as well as a a second layer of precaution. And and she's like, I'm sorry, Mr. Thel. It it doesn't seem like from what I've read, studies are still underway for your disease. There, there's a new paper out on, on your scale samples. It seems to be published a new one every month or so, but I understand your case is different. Y- you can't hope to hope forever, but th- th- there's always a silver lining, sir. Drew, Drew what, what is your... You don't look like a regular Xtengi all the time. What, what What's going on with your character?
4: Uh, yeah, so, so Zilix has... You know, you see some ripples in his scales from time to time. Sometimes he's, you know, just changing colors. Sometimes he's... <laughs> playing a character with dying protagonist syndrome—that's hilarious.
1: <laughs> we got people calling out your your character building here.
4: <laughs> yeah, any class guesses before I start talking about things that will give it away? You know, sometimes, uh, sometimes uh, Zilix will his his scales will ripple and will change colors. Sometimes his scales will ripple and a uh, a sword or an assault rifle will show up in his hands. You know, or a laser rifle. So. uh you know, it's kind of a weird thing, but he's- Do, in- do extangy Scales- I'm sorry to interrupt, but do extangy Scales normally do that? <laughs> I mean, it's been a while, but I think that's not out of the ordinary myself. Can, can you make anything?
1: Like, are you making your your eating utensils right now as you dig into dinner?
4: He, he can't make anything. He, hmm. uh, he only has a few things that he knows how to, to make, but the things he knows how to make, things he knows how to make. <laughs>
5: But, but you have guessed correctly he does make a spoon a knife and a fork those are the three <laughs> things
1: uh, those are operative weapons so he's obviously a, <laughs> uh, an operative a rogue right as, as you um, sit down here uh, maybe reflecting on on your your mother's words Kelowna says Mr. Thel I, well, I know this isn't a replacement for, for your home world for, for our Doganga but well they, they recently discovered this planet in the vast and, and the rumors are it's it's one of the most diverse biomes that they've they've found in, in some time, decades perhaps. The jungles there might remind you a little bit of home.
4: Yes, but it won't be home, will it? She,
1: she holds up an advertisement, um, you know, twenty feet away from you on her data pad and transfers it over to your screen after a moment, and you see the logo for New Horizons Waydana colonization efforts in the vast, and a meeting set for that very next day. Perhaps the the time you've spent here in Absalom has been uh, pretty nice in the lap of luxury, but do you think you'd want to spend the next ten years in this this room?
4: I mean, I'd rather be out of this, but you know, here we are.
1: What? <laughs> Maybe we should ask Seth if, if if he's still here. What is your character holding? Because. He heard it makes it it kinda looks like a little biscuit.
4: I, I know what he's it's holding. Because I know about this character. Is that a spoon? Does he have a spoon? It's <laughs> it's a did your bird call it right? Oh,
1: it's <laughs> coin. Ah, okay. He well, just eats with his coin though, that's the thing. I was hoping it was a cookie. It no, oh, <laughs> nope, Seth says it's a biscuit, so that's that's canon now.
4: <laughs> a, rather shiny for a biscuit, but you know, maybe things are different here.
1: We're we're gonna get back to your character, of course, at some point, but we got more characters to introduce. I'm so sorry, Drew. As next up, we go almost a thousand feet below where we're we're looking at right now. We're we're traveling straight down in Absalom Station to the Spike, where we see an ancient-looking factory floor cleared out, and perhaps a hundred or so sweaty-looking tufts gathered around a, a makeshift battle arena. And in the middle, there's an Akatonian vanguard kind of slugging it out against a. An armor Salarian of the sathan variety putting up like small shields made of of solar energy in a no holds barred battle around the edges of this fight. Side bets are happening in the corners of the ring. We see a bookies kind of running odds on whether, you know, they'll they'll go X number of minutes, whether it's going to be a KO or not. And to this scene, perhaps skirting past security and and getting inside this this factory are are two hooded figures sidling up to this bare knuckles brawl. I'm wondering, uh, what? I wondered if if the players have guessed who's coming next, but I won't I won't hold you in suspense too long. Uh, Rebecca, we're going to your character next.
2: Ooh. Okay. Uh,
1: You're one of these two hooded figures. (laughs) As one of them decloaks, takes the the hoodie down, we see a stern-looking, very old, maybe long in the tooth, a winter riforian with a a pristine, if not very weathered, very, very wizened-looking, chiseled face. He draws through the crowd, and, and you can follow behind. As one fight ends, he kind of gets into the the middle of the ring and pushes past a lot of very confused looking rough men with scars and all kinds of face damage from years of fighting. Uh, He goes to the middle of this ring and says, "Uh, I have a new fighter who, while yet untested in battle, is in need of a sparring mate. I have on this stick 500 Absalom credits to anyone willing to enter the ring. For five minutes of work, there are a number of very macho, very competent looking folks, all shapes and sizes that kind of step forward, vocally throwing in that they want a chance. Some already starting like side fights to see who (laughs) from their respective gang will, will have a chance for this prize pool. Some just kind of flexing, flipping knives, cracking knuckles, that kind of thing. The Rhyphorian kind of looks around and finds a very extremely chiseled looking woman of orcish blood is like limbering up, you know, taping up her, her hands and things. And as she does so, your her competitor, the other hooded figure, Rebecca, uh, you can reveal yourself, decloak. Uh, what do we see when you take off this, this long kind of monkish robe? Wh- who are All we right. looking at? What are we looking at?
2: All right. So as they take their their robe off. You might be surprised to see a tall, slender, very graceful figure emerge from the cloak. Um, They carry themselves with fluid movements and perfect posture, but lurking beneath the surface of that slender figure, you can see their muscles flex with every movement. They are much stronger than they might appear to the, to the average viewer on their indigo skin, long tendrils wrap around their torso, arms and their neck pulsing in different colors currently they are turquoise but as they approach the middle of the ring that turns into a electrifying yellow as they become agitated that is their parasite that lives on their body they are together Asher and sky well,
1: yeah, I, I said you could make one character Rebecca this season not two characters <laughs> oh, <made> two. there's <laughs> Asher and Sky. Not gonna lie, I was also <laughs> going back to Archive of Nethys to be like, "Is this really a real Stormrunner <laughs> species? What is it that you're playing? Who is this person?"
2: So Asher is a Triziarka. I think that's how you say it. Is the is the species, um, and the parasite that you know they're attached to is a Karakande. I don't know. That's just what they mm. have, apparently.
1: Triziarka.
2: Arca thing.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I think uh, d- <laughs> it, it's like a symbiotic relationship. You have yep. this living entity that is kind of looks like a glowing tattoo on on your person, right?
2: Indeed, and it gives tattoo magic as a racial trait. So,
1: ooh, fun. Yeah. Uh, your your Riforian sensei goes by the name of Frostfire. Kind of similarly disrobes as you're getting ready to fight. And on both of you are symbols and affectations in your clothing and perhaps your lack of of normal standard armor of a group known as the Battleflowers. Rebecca, who or what are the Battleflowers?
2: Well, uh, uh, apparently Jason guessed it in the chat. <laughs> yeah,
1: Ciao, <Jason. laughs> it's like he he uh, he wrote some of this, uh, <laughs> this game or Maybe something. Maybe Jason
2: should explain what the Battleflowers are. Yeah, the Battleflowers <laughs> are on Triaxis. And while Trizyarka is not, you know, native to Triaxis, they're usually Riforian, I think. Yeah, the Battleflowers are a group, a community of people who are essentially... they battle in arenas and um, so I took from what i read about the battle flowers um, I've kind of turned it into my own thing of like you know very dance and performance oriented and yeah so while they are not technically a battle flower yet archetype archetype wise because I can't get that until level two
1: um,
2: (laughs) Yeah, they have been training for the last several years with the battle flowers after being separated from their original family
3: right right could you imagine if you died before level two and your character never I know,
2: wouldn't that be so sad? <laughs> that
3: would be so oh, sad. Patrick, God. please, please. I'm gonna try my gonna
1: best, guys. <laughs> Just give it give give me one chance. Yeah, as soon as the crowd sees your your yi, your your outfit, your your trappings here, an intense, a palpable hush falls over the crowd. This this once kind of bullyish looking orc woman's face. Looks crestfallen as she slowly backs away and then leaves the fighting circle entirely and then leaves the, the building. <laughs> she just leaves uh, and similarly and gets
5: into a car and drives away. <laughs> we're going to
1: follow her as she goes about her day. <laughs> the,
5: yeah. This is the story of that orc. <laughs> yeah,
0: actually, now you're playing this orc woman
1: now for the rest
4: of this episode.
1: The orc's uh, name? Sharga. Sharga. So are you doing the first time? Yeah. Seth says she gets on a spaceship, leaves the station. Uh, <laughs> she joins up with a colonization effort in the vast. She gets as far away as possible. No, but everyone else here, all these folks that were super excited to get a chance at the 500 credits, all these fighters a moment ago are now shoegazing and kind of shuffling. They move over. They form another circle and, and watch some other fights that are happening are happening everyone begins to back down frostfire comes over to you and and kind of puts a hand on your shoulder and says and with that you've won the battle asher without ever having to throw a punch does this outcome please you
2: i was really hoping for some practice but i suppose this was practice in a different way
1: you have found out firsthand why we send our trainees away to help develop their skills outside of the pact Often we're too well-known here to find ones brave enough or perhaps foolish enough to test their metals against us.
2: Perhaps it's time for me to go off-planet, find my own way.
1: Maybe even outside of the, the pact proper. It is a, a tradition that we also use to help weed out about 90% of those who wish to become a battle flower. This is a path of, of sacrifice We often must endure solitude. You must tread where others are too afraid to walk themselves. Uh, He hands you a data pad with looks like an advertisement for an off-world colony that's being set up in the Vast. and, And says, a group like this will need protection. These colonists are often thrown into dangerous situations way out there on their own. On a new frontier... Depending on how rich it is in natural resources, there could be many that try and steal or, worse, take via force whatever these people create. I've, I've secured you and some other aspirants' passage on some of these trips to the Vast. I think that you can prove yourself as a battle flower there, and there will be others of our order that will eventually make the trip And your metal will be tested. I I trust that you trust me enough to believe that it will. And if you have what it takes to become a member, I believe you will flourish there.
2: You know I trust you with my life. And the Battleflowers cared for me when I was most vulnerable and lost everything. I will care for whomever I come across in my new world.
1: Asher, I want you to understand that failure is a distinct possibility. And if you do not rise to become a battle flower, I want you to know that in a place like this, you at least find opportunities and solace from from the many wars that have ravaged the pact throughout the years. I, I've known you since you've came to into our training hall and uh, well, I, I believe you are ready for this monumental undertaking. Let all the violence of this universe blow through you, Asher and Sky. Do not stand against it, do not take part in it, but allow it to to wash against you, and, and break like waves upon the rocks. I don't know what a, a, a battle flower kind of salute or <laughs> handshake is. Do, do you have any idea, Rebecca? It's like a, a parting farewell uh, I feel embrace. You like want to give of you some
2: kind, right? Like
1: oh, whatever. like a like a step, a two-step.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a, a a bow of some sort. It's a hand motion
1: hard to do this over zoom we gotta get we gotta get in person <laughs> and and figure this out <laughs> drew drew be my proxy there go up and 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 make a like a handshake dance step with your, your wife. <laughs> go, go shake your wife's hand drew
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs> go shake her. Uh, why do you guys gotta make drew a fall <sighs> You know, you know, he always goes all in on these things.
4: <laughs> oh,
1: Drew's left his chair. All right, well, yeah. oh, it's, he's it's, up here. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. He, no, I, he, just yeah, gives he her a hug. He ran up there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's it's a shame that we are leaving Rebecca's character and moving on. to <laughs>
0: now <laughs> we're moving on. There, there
4: he is.
1: There he, is. <laughs> he knows we're not on camera. No one right can now, see right? you. <laughs> we're, we're just looking at the screen. We on can only
3: the we we can only get. <laughs> you can't. Do...
1: <laughs> now he's flipping off the screen just for for everyone at home. Uh... Go
0: back down to your cave. <laughs> <laughs> Rebecca just like slapping him away. It's great. Oh.
3: <laughs>
1: I was about to say, by the time I like change the camera, I'm sure he would be gone completely. Yeah, right. We're back. We're back in camera, so can everyone can see Drew is not in his chair. <laughs> this is crazy. Yeah, we oh boy howdy. We're we are past the halfway mark. We still got a couple characters to go. We are gonna leave behind Asher and Sky and move on to somebody else, right? Back into Roll 20. Here we go. The the sound of fighting here does not die down, but instead the, the sounds of fighting in this arena are replaced, perhaps, with, with different sounds. Uh, the bare-knuckle brawl replaced with the sound of steel clanging against armor. As we see elsewhere in the spike, a, a very curious set of figures fully decked out in knight's armor, in, in black fantasy-looking armor. We see a, a human male in this wicked-looking armor with a a Mini spiked flail with three heavy chains, chained balls on it. An evil looking shield with a red dragon on it and facing off against them in one on one combat. Jabert, tell us who we're we're looking at. What are we looking at next? Uh, you, You are looking at what
5: appears to be an olden days knight, a knight of Galarian indeed. Uh, diminutive in stature but fierce in combatability uh indeed wearing a very very old-timey looking armor and uh, wielding a long sword just like the the, the forefathers of yon probably if anyone remembers what those yon days were the yon uh, fathers yeah yon yeah, fathers Faf- yeah, no the yon fathers yeah, so uh, uh and uh perhaps with little tufts of fur poking out from between the helmet and the visor, indeed wielding my my sword and in a in a ineffective shield because I technically couldn't afford a shield at this level. So <laughs> <laughs> no, garbage can or... shield. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um,
1: but yeah. So uh yeah, that's uh that's that's the that's the little guy. By comparison, well we we didn't mention that like Both Extangi and Triazarka are like base seven foot tall, (laughs) and I think you're just like regular medium size. You're not like tall medium size, right? No, I'm 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 like I'm small medium. I'm small medium. I'm like
5: (laughs) four eleven, I think four twelve is maybe four twelve would be five, wouldn't
1: it? Uh, Put Uh, in the chat, everybody. (laughs) Hashtag short king. (laughs) Right. Uh, as you maybe. Take your 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 helmet off. What is this we're looking at, Jimford? Who is this? Who is this <laughs> character? I'm bringing the art up right now, for folks. <laughs> uh,
5: indeed, uh, I as I pull off my helmet to uh, shout a challenge, perhaps the dastardly Black Knight. Hey, another another Monty Python thing there. Gets a good ding in on my. On my helmet, and it causes it to bend a little bit. And I Ooh. take it off and I say, "Aha, a good hit!" But it won't be your last. From jump from the mighty, and I parry and move in with a with a a a, a jab,
1: a stab, a slice, a slice. Indeed, yeah. this this evil dark champion of certainly a profane demigod. That this this knight is indeed. Behind them, you see the prize that you're fighting for, dangling above a boiling vat of death, is a a fair human princess, perhaps gagged, uh, but screaming through a kerchief stuffed into their mouth, as you uh, attempt to slay this this evil knight. I, I, I think you you can you've accurately described, maybe your. Are you better at taking out like taller folks cuz this guys I guess Oh yeah, that's like that's six my foot. specialty.
5: I specialize in people who are bigger than me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh yeah, taking out like the kneecaps or going for the Right, yeah. ankle well, that's, biting. That's the,
5: that's the thing. When when you're when you're fighting somebody well armored, you always expect them always expect them to be beefy and burly, but you don't expect them to be little and
1: sneaky. Uh you're able to take down this knight and and go over Go yonder to uh, the go over yonder to the fair maiden who says, Oh, my hero, good night. I knew you would come to my rescue. But unfortunately, this crisis, it's not over. The, The knight's master, an evil wizard, has cast a spell upon me. If I am not taken in a wifely manner before the sun sets and married, I will be be turned into a toad. <laughs> ah, well. Oh, fair uh,
5: fair maiden, worry ye not. There are many toads in the lake. They will love to have a princess for a for a
1: bride. As she goes to like embrace you, and maybe you give her a, a hug in return. A bouncer comes over and steps between you, and the the entire world freezes as a. Uh, some holographic letters pop up above your heads that say, insert ten credits to continue. The guy in front of you is like, if you want to continue playing, you have to go, put, go outside and put credits into the machine.
5: <laughs> Nay, good sir. Nay, good sir. I shan't be paying more credits for this because I am out. <laughs> so. So, well, well, i will do it.
1: you do. Yes, indeed. You do not have a cred stick no no leftover credits from character creation you had to barter with the 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 holographic amusement chamber live action role-playing community to to allow you to uh step into this part of the story and and try it so out
5: I, I i helped somebody move so you,
1: you, as you're walking out of this this play center you find a, a teenage celamid kind of working there and they they bump into a, a tall yoxian man in a gaunt looking suit as, as you as you're walking out of this establishment. This figure kind of pushes you around, even in your armor and looking so swole as you do, and and says, Hey there, breather was it you're doing? I have no quarrel with you
5: bone brother. I <laughs> I seek only I seek only to uh enjoy this night, and I and I seek
1: it in peace, if he- yeah, you, you don't got a, a problem with me, but maybe my boss. Uh, you, This is indeed a a figure that you recognize now that you, you get a good look at him. Uh, this is Riggs R. Mortis, debt collector for your your Ripper Doctor. <laughs> <laughs> you owe my boss some coin, and I think it's a, a pretty dumb idea to waste credits on a place like this when you, you owe them money. Sir, I waste not.
5: I am... Um... I am uh, living my true life in these in these uh, simulations the way that we were intended to live. I waste not my credits but I shall uh, I your your, your uh, boss shall be repaid. He shall have his coin for what services he has rendered.
1: Yeah. Oh man, I uh I know don't normally get involved with clients but you seem like a nice um <clears throat> What are you, a gauze claw? I don't I don't understand. What what are you, by the way?
5: I'm a Bruneri <laughs> of the highest order. I
1: I don't mean to tell you how to live your life, but you seem like the kind of sort that'd be interested in this kind of thing. Uh if you wanna repay your debt actually in quick and, and not owe him a, a ton of back pay, uh, just get some work off station. They are giving signing bonuses to people that want to colonize this new system out in the vast. You can pay him back probably within uh Half a year or so, if you get on out there. He kind of points, point, points down the street. There, there's indeed a large advertisement across from the arcade where you see a, a smiling family stepping off of a, a spaceship into a lush golden field. A very idolized landscape with the words, join Project Horizon today and blazoned across it.
5: Well, that certainly seems more intriguing than helping people move for arcade tokens. Perhaps I shall perhaps indeed, Brother Bones. Perhaps I shall.
1: <laughs> right. Well, boy howdy, we've gotten through all the characters. That's Clink clank clink clank clink clank clink <laughs> clank. Oh wait, we we, have, to, we still have more. It's the next day, all of a sudden all of a sudden uh, you guys get to meet up at a, a very old, very worn-out section of the 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 docking bays. Uh, the hangar bays of Absalom Station we see a fading yellow lettering that reads 94 on the the floor panels here and as as you look around take some seats in the the colony um, kind of timeshare sales pitch that you're gonna watch here looking around I mean there's some new paint here and there but you you see signs of laser fire you know like scoring and, and things in this this docking bay Seems like it's gotten some action in time. Oh, let me take us to. Do I have a new map? No, I don't. I have an old map of what's happening here. Let me take (laughs) us to an old map.
3: (laughs) Although (laughs) I have not cleaned the. No, they haven't cleaned it. I don't. I don't think. Does
4: anyone else see the blood stain? stain? I'm just (laughs)
3: saying. I mean, it's been like it's. Yeah, been. Why is it shaped in the exact? Size and configuration of it—it's like
1: four years. They've they've washed at least some of the blood away.
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: taking us to docking bay ninety four, indeed. Although I I realized now that I look at this, <laughs> I've kind of covered up ninety four with dozens and dozens of of, of chairs. You, you've almost up. you've almost perfectly covered it. <laughs> yeah, well, it's right, right there in the middle of the map, indeed. In the middle of the docking bay He's is where it. yeah, outside <laughs> of a, a very boxy looking spacecraft docked with drones loading it up in the I guess to the south of this map there are about 50 people here in the room they look like they're coming from all walks of life you see academics some rugged looking explorer types whole family units with with you know multiple generations refugees immigrants from all over the packed worlds and uh, some familiar faces indeed um uh, that you see a person maybe some of you spoke with over the the comms units, uh, an advisor to the project named Ezran Shire, a human man who kind of definitely balances on some, some walking supports as he seems to be going around this chamber taking a head count. And yeah, just about every seat has been filled here, save for for a few. He gets up to a, a small podium with a, a voice amplifier and says, uh, welcome everyone to uh, to Project Horizon. Welcome to the Tyrell Holdings family. <laughs> My name is Ezrand, and uh, you know if we haven't had a chance to meet, I mean, I'm sure we're going to over the next couple weeks. <laughs> I'm a representative of, of the charter's owners, and I've got a, a pre-recorded message from them. That, well, I think just about everyone uh, is here, so I guess it's time to play it. It's just then, though, that there is a sound, the roaring engine as tires squeal down the corridor leading up to Docking Bay 94. You hear some shouting, perhaps someone laying hard onto a a vehicle's horn. Some more tire screechers as suddenly a vehicle bursts into the the chamber here, bursts into the room, stopping short a few inches from this back row of chairs. Indeed, (laughs) it is a vehicle that just rolls on up. (laughs) You, uh, <laughs> to the proceedings. So maybe it's not that close. <laughs> a space wagon of sorts. The engines kind of sound souped up on this customized space buggy as they rev up, shoot some, some steam or exhaust, or <laughs> maybe a little bit of smoke out its sides before idling and then cutting off. Miles! <laughs> Yes. What? Who? Why are we looking at what we're looking at right now?
0: Ah, <laughs> uh, you're looking at what resembles a vista cruiser, <laughs> a space vista cruiser, as we've been. Calling yes, it. playing classic jams of of yesteryear, and there is a creature inside that. You ask the creature, it's frankly none of your business, and their intent is their intent. What, can can you describe uh, what your character looks like? Yes, I, I, as, I will as uh, they step out the vehicle. miles. Will, will 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 certainly describe the character. My my character is kind of dressed in what seems to be some sort of official uniform and garb. Although my character is not going to explain the wardrobe to anyone, and it, when driving this stunning vehicle, <laughs> tends to put on a. What is colloquially known as a, a dad hat and uh, some sunglasses, which are, are not in the artwork, obviously, because this is this is driving, driving out outfits. But my character is maybe unknown to everyone else in Docking Bay 94 in mm-hmm. terms of what my character is. Mm.
1: But I can show folks the art. Maybe they can figure it out. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe not. It's It's pretty. <laughs> A little generic here we've got uh, <laughs> some bug eyes it uh, looks like some some big bulging eyes and uh your character how tall would you say you are uh
0: there as about you step uh, out of this big
3: wagon.
0: three and a half feet
3: <laughs>
0: yeah. uh yes i am playing a gray
3: <laughs> a pronkin gray
1: <clears throat> and i think i think someone has already guessed <laughs> The glass the as well. The class, yes. They yes. Do you, do you use do you use little um, bricks to reach the pedals on the vehicle, or is it like a completely customized thing that you, you like fit in the the front seat well?
0: The ability of my character to operate the vehicle is no one's business. <laughs> yes i I am playing a great experimental vehicle mechanic. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, much, much to—I uh, mean, maybe everyone's chagrin except everyone's the listening chagrin. audience. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. And my my character is obstinate; uh, oh. refuses to answer any and all questions about my character's <laughs> origins. Well, uh, well a- as you
1: get out of the vehicle, Ezran looks at the the data pad and is like, "Oh, you must be Mister." Oh, boy, that's real weird. I don't have a name written down here for you. It, it just says,
0: Redacted? So, my character just stares. Essentially, telepathically says, this being's pronouns are personal. Uh, okay. And then well, just, it continues to ignore. T- do you take a seat, or you, <laughs> you... What do you do? <laughs> I'll just stand there, staring.
1: <laughs> Next to your vehicle. Yeah, well, Mr. Redacted, um redacted, we told you in your entrance interview, if you, if you want to take part in this voyage to Wadana 4 out to the Wadana system, you're going to have to stow that vehicle in the cargo hold. That's not going to fit through most of the passenger doors. The vehicle will not be a problem.
0: And, and with that, the vehicle becomes
1: compact. Oh, yes. As as part of experimental mechanic, it, it kind of folds down on itself. Indeed, like a transformer <laughs> and get, gets to about medium sized. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and and at that moment, my my character just kind of has a a slight smirk of of pride because if while my character absolutely thinks that this entire plane of existence is beneath my character, they my character has an affinity for classic vehicles of this plane of existence. Cool, <laughs> and has very much loved. The land vehicles of of long, long ago.
1: Okay, cool. Thank you. Um, anyway, we have a, a pre-recorded message. Edran continues on and, and starts up the the player here. Uh, it, it's from our charter owners uh, at the newly formed Tyrell Holdings Company. Uh, the the lights in the docking bay begin to cut out like like two at a time, just chunk, chunk, chunk. As the large holographic heads of some some fairly well known figures here appear in the docking bay before you all Let me show you well, these guys show up <laughs> some some friendly faces these these two weirdos i gotta, gotta i gotta make them bigger so, fe- so folks can can see but yeah they are massively sized holographic projections of our friends oh wow the Knack uh, Feldspar. Art. Yeah, Knack Feldspar, art. Rami Quindar. Indeed, I've gone back to the original. I think we, we we. I don't remember who it was. It was art we got off of Fiverr for, I think, literally $5. And <laughs> this is what, for the first few months and, of season one. thus it was yeah. born.
4: The, yeah. origi- the, the original art for Knack was delivered on my birthday, because my birthday is
0: in
3: August. And it was just <laughs> no. we
0: started. Uh, we movie. did get a request to pop up my character art
3: uh, again, because yeah. someone missed it. We also uh, yeah that we no. Have Drew's birthday. We need a mother's maiden name. And-
1: uh, Redacted does not uh, agree to any uh, requests for additional scene of his art. Uh, if you <laughs> if you miss it, you're gonna have to wait for season the podcast episode to drop. No, hold on, hold on. Got it. I got it right here. Don- oh, donate. That's cold. <laughs> donate to Doctors Without Borders, and you get to see this all even more. <laughs> okay, here we go. Edit them again. Oop. Yeah, the projection starts up. We see Knack Feldspar, Rami Quindar appear in holographic form like the emperor, like 30 foot tall. They seem to be having a conversation that's muted out as Muzak plays over them. As as the tune fades out, they kind of like turn towards the audience. And let let me do my best Nack and Rami impressions real quick. To be continued.